to Mbappé! What a great day it's been for him! So you want this confidence oozing through his veins. Yeah, tap it with the football tap. It's the number one podcast. Yeah. With a football at, tap in with the football tap. Yeah. Tap in with the football tap. Guru. Tap in with the football tap, like a spinal, or it could get messy like Lionel. Them other podcasts throw back like a vinyl. The guru, he the goat, so it really ain't no rivals. Podcasts about passion, barely dollars. My favorite, Ronaldo, Jamal Musala. Football tap, it should be on your radar. Come and kick it with us, like Neymar, Sadio Mane, or Erling Haaland. Either way, the football tap, prime time. Yeah, now take that to the bank with you. The guru, he don't talk, he just paint. Vividly, so come and see what he's saying. Highlights and more, you never get bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never get bored. Football tap, the number one source. Yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. It's the football tap. Yeah, yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. It's the football tap. Guru, football tap. Yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. Yeah. With the football tap, come and chill with the groove, cuz football back, yeah. Anyway, um, the other side of the bracket, because it'd be my point was it'd be more difficult, uh, they'd be less prepared had they, had they gone through um, an easy road to the final because they, they've had a more challenging road. Even though they're already the best team, they're more prepared for what what's going to be in front of them because, again, a lot of those teams on that side would beat Inter. And, again, if if they, they switched sides of the bracket, Inter I don't think would have got to the final. Yeah, agreed. All right, so the big one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going for your second European trophy in two years. As yeah. an Arsenal fan, I'm very jealous. I ain't going to lie. Um, our European trophy cabinet is pretty nothing other than the Cup Winners' Cup. That being said, Mourinho, is he going to make it? And this is my prediction. Um, I think Tammy um, – I think Tammy's going to get the only goal of the game. I think the ball, the ball is going to come on in the – well, Tam will get the only goal the first half. I think the ball is going to come on in the second half in like the seven million minute, minute, have a moment of brilliance, and you guys win 2-0. <laughs> that's that's it. That's actually the exact thing I have because I think Tammy's again. It's it's. Let's be honest. Set pieces are our thing, and I think we're going to get one off a of set piece. I, I just think that's we have the issues with our team that we need to address and all this other stuff. But set piece specialists is what we do: corners, free kicks, all that stuff. I think that Tammy will get one off like a corner or a free kick from outside the box, something like that. I think he'll get a. I'll, he'll probably get a header goal score, get into double figures on the season. Um, and then, again, like you said, I think DeBall comes off the bench in the second half. He scores a, a worldie um, just, just, to, just to seal it. Um, that will be my prediction, um, either 1-0 or 2-0 Roma. Um, Mourinho, despite, you know, maybe his options defensively aren't the greatest thing we've ever seen, but he's found a way to win with these players before in a European final. He can do it again. Um, I hope it's not like last year because 
we score that goal and then we're under the rest for the entire rest of the game. And we had to hold on for dear life and asked, had to ask our goalkeeper to make all these saves. But, but um, I do think that he'll figure out, he won't, I don't think we'll concede. Um, and uh, again, can't make mistakes. And I think that we'll, we'll end up getting, we'll end up getting there in the end. Um, but uh, it, they're, they're tough because yes, this is so different than every Sevilla that has won this competition, but they, they got players in that team that know how to win this competition and have won it before. So all, you have to take all that into consideration that they're going to, they're going to put up a fight. They're going to be tough. Um, but I do, I do like our chances against Sevilla. Um, but it is going to be, a, it's going to be a tough final to win, but I do think we'll, we'll manage, we'll just manage to do it. Yeah. Um, I, and I hate to say this. I think that the season for Roma, like this is like a must. I don't think you could put yeah, any positive spin on your season if you don't win this. No, we have to. We don't have a choice. Uh, sixth is fine if we win another European trophy. It's not fine if we don't. We spent a lot of time in – actually, not as much time as I thought. We spent about 11, 12 weeks in the top four. We spent, you know, another five uh, in fifth. Another rest has been bouncing around the, the rest of it. But, but the thing is, I, I do think that they have to because they don't make the Champions League um, if they don't do this. And um, again, Dabal is probably not leaving. But if we don't win this trophy, I'm going to start to be concerned about his future. And um, I don't even want to fathom that uh, because we're going the right direction. We're putting in the right adjustments. We're, we're going to have a big summer, I think, and all that. Um, but we got we we got to win to make the Champions League in itself, but also to to make sure the ball doesn't leave us. Um, but we, yeah, I, I, we we don't have a choice. We mustn't fail. We have to we have to um, we have to win. There's no choice here. Um, and I, I hate saying this to bring this up because I know this pains you. Yeah, you have to win this to have something over the Lazio fans because they are licking their chops at the idea of having this would be and i hate bringing this up because it's painful but it's just the fact six years, six years they finished ahead of us I, I had i had the number already <laughs> yeah and not only that it'd be two out of four years that the, now that they'd be in the champions league and you would not be in it i mean yeah, yeah and yeah. i'm not trying to bring this up because i know it's harsh but i mean that's just the fact man but if you win another piece of silverware then you can say been... okay what do you got yeah i mean the thing about that also is if we win, then, again, you can say Lazio versus Roma, who's the bigger club? I don't – again, for, for other reasons, I don't think it's much of a debate. But if, if we win a second European trophy, conversation over. Um, and I also think if we win a second, year, a second trophy, we, 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 can, we can claim that we are bigger than some other clubs uh, that are in our general area. Um, I mean – the, if we do this, the only other team with with multiple European trophies is um, uh, is AC Milan and Inter. And you, uh, no, I think that's it. No, Juve have a, Juve have two Champions Leagues. Okay, yeah, sorry, Juve, Juve, yeah, of course. Uh, so those three. So outside of that, we're we on that level would would say that we're bigger than the rest. Now Bologna will say, well, we got six, we got nine titles. Uh, but a lot of them were from like the 1920s and 30s. Um, so to, to, to say I, like Bologna, for example, is not, isn't bigger than like Napoli, but they have more titles. So yeah. you want to say that it's fine, whatever. But, but I think we, we elevate ourselves beyond that. And on top of that, this is, this is, this is another interesting thing that I realized. 
because Fiorentina's uh, conference league final is on uh, uh, June 7th, which means if we win the Europa League, we will be, we'll, we will hold two European trophies at the same time, which I think that's kind of a cool thing if we win. That is very cool. Because I think only one other club has ever done that. I don't, I don't remember who it is, but it's only because of the way it's scheduled because Fiorentina doesn't play until um, next week or the week after. I don't remember the 7th of, of June, I think, is when their final is. Um, so if we ever win, we would, we would still be the, the holders of the Champions or Conference League and the uh, Europa League, and we get into the Champions League. And obviously we get into the Champions League. Um, you know, it just overpasses our objectives for the season. And uh, we can build on that and, and try to take a step further next season because, honestly, we should not have finished, again, sixth, seventh, whatever it is. We should not have finished below a, um, AC Milan, in my opinion. Um, right. AC Milan have done a good job at the end of getting it. But, and again, I'm not saying that Rome is the greatest team ever, but this AC Milan side is just brutal. So – I just don't, you know, again, we should not be finishing behind them given the quality or the lack of quality of their squad. Um, so, yeah, we, we have to win for multiple reasons. But with Mourinho, there's always a sense of confidence that you're going to you're going to do it because he doesn't lose finals here. Now, Sevilla doesn't lose finals in Europa League either. But Sevilla in the last the last well, it was um, in the last six times they had Lupetegui and, and Emery. The, the manager they have is doing a Decent job since he's come in, but he doesn't have the pedigree of either of those two managers. And he's not been at the high level long enough to be able to have to, – to basically to have, to have the qualities that the, those two managers have to win a European final against a coach like Jose. Uh, Jose. So I think Jose Mourinho, um, his experience will, uh, will, go into the, um, will go into the final. I think we'll win it. And the other thing is – uh, we have still one more game this season in the league at home. We win. We win tomorrow night. We take the Europa League uh, trophy to Rome to the Olympico, our last home game in front of our fans, and I think that'll be a beautiful moment. I don't love the guard of honor in front of your fans. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, we just, we just gotta get a trophy, man. Uh, we can't be, you know, the women keep winning trophies. We have to we have to contribute a little bit too. So. Yeah. Um, we need to get the guard of guard of honor. I hope, hopefully, Spade to do that, but I don't know if they will. Uh, but being able to seeing Pellegrini have that trophy and taking it into the stadium to our fans, I think, would be a beautiful thing. And but again, uh, we got to get the job done first before we think about what what if this, what if that. Um, I think we'll get it done, but I am I'm nervous, but I am confident that we will do it. And again, we can't fail. Yeah, how, will will the streets of Rome be filled with flares tomorrow if you win? Yeah, I mean the cars will be, be lit on fire. Uh, not, no, I'm not like that. But, but I think people will be ecstatic. I think the fans uh, uh, will be so the ones that aren't there are going to be in Rome watching at the stadium potentially. And, and uh, yeah, again, remember this club didn't win a thing for um, for 14 years. So to to come off of that, win back to back European trophies, I think it puts us in an elite class because. Only I don't know how many clubs have done it. The only one that I know have have done it um, is Porto. I mean, I mean, two different uh, European trophies, but not the same one over and over again. Obviously, Real Madrid have done that, AC Milan have done that, stuff like that. But but Ajax has done that. Um, but to hold two trophies at the same time and going winning the Conference League and then winning the the uh, Europa League and then maybe next year 
going and winning champions. Like, you know, so there's a lot at stake for us to go do that, to make history and to, um, to make this season count for something. Yeah, I, I would be – so y'all better make it because I want that first group round. I don't even know if I want the final. I want you in our group next year. I think group is better. <laughs> I'll watch you in our group what, next year. What's so that? you better win it because you know what? We this may be, be our last five minutes for a while. But yeah. so you all better win it and we all better get paired up. Otherwise I I'm want, gonna write a nasty letter to you, Lefa. <laughs> I want Inter uh, Roma and Arsenal in the same group. How great would that be? <laughs> I don't think I, mean, I don't think Inter could do it sadly, because they, they are you can't be the same league, but Oh, that's I a mean, good point. Maybe Liverpool or something. No, because <laughs> Liverpool's in our league. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I get your joke, yeah, about that, Liverpool. Huh? You know, <laughs> they're they're off in there. Hi, Nathan. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> it's great to see you all back in the Europa League where you all belong. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm but, just kidding. I, 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 lo- I love Nathan. Um, He's a yeah. true class Liverpool fan. But yeah, it is. It, uh, it, it, we, that's just uh, that's our our way of affection because we just he takes the piss out of our stuff and we take piss out. It's all good. Uh, yeah. No, I think I think Liverpool will will have a good chance of winning that competition next year anyway. So they'll be back. Oh yeah, very much. Not only that. Speaking of Liverpool, well, I can't believe we're getting into this. But between me and you, I, yeah. that is a people are going to call me. That's a job saver for Klopp next year. He needs to win that. Because yeah, I don't know so how they keep going forward without him. If he, he either needs to make top four or win that trophy next year, pro- honestly, both. Yeah, he's got to be in there, and I think again, he's 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 going to be here for an eighth season at Dortmund and at Liverpool and at Mainz. He made mistakes in all three of the years, and it's Mainz not so much because Mainz didn't have a, a big budget, but <laughs> Dortmund and Liverpool, he made errors transfer wise in seventh season. He cannot go back. He can't. He can't do what he did in the transfer market last year. This this summer, he has to go back to what has worked. And what has worked is you get Bobby Firmino from Hoffenheim. You get Mohamed Salah from from Roma. Um, you get Van Dyke from Southampton. You get Andrew Robertson from I forgot where he came from. Hull City, stuff like that. He 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 should be spending money. He should not be spending 50, 60, 70, 80 million on one player. He should be finding under the radar signings that come in and work. Saudi Amani is another one for 30-something, whatever. So that's the operation they need to go under. They can't go oh, – because this guy has a great season, we're going to spend $80 million on this kid. Um, and then, obviously, I think Darwin will be better next year. I think Gatpo will be better next year. I think everybody's going to improve. Um, but they can't be spending on you know any amount of money. Like, they should not be spending 80 100 whatever it's going to cost for Declan Rice. Uh, McAllister – that, that's a deal they should do, but that, that's the only deal of this mon- of, of this summer that should be expensive. I don't want the, like everything else that they do should be underneath what they're going to pay for for um, for McAllister. They need to because what Liverpool has always done is get bargain deals and and Klopp makes them into superstars. That they need to go back to doing that because they can't be spending like Man City and it because it, it doesn't work for the way Liverpool's infrastructure is so. We'll see, but uh, yeah, they just can't be spending eighty million on a player. All right, I, I have a surprise for you. I promise we'll get into the Leeds relegation, the Hertha Berlin, Schalke, yeah. and of course Union Berlin. But it's official. 
BJ Callahan is the new interim manager of the United States, taking us through the Gold Cup this summer and quite possibly for the Copa America next year. Oh. So, group, so group stage elimination confirmed. Then. <laughs> oh. oh, God. This dude hasn't even been a manager. He's always He's been an MLS assistant. What are we doing? Yeah. I, I, I got to yell, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> oh, we're not doing that. We're trying to fuck it up for ourselves, it seems like. What? And then you, I see Christian Pulisic going to Juventus. Oh, I, I want that to happen so bad. <laughs> uh, oh, I hope it does too. I mean, honestly, and I don't be wrong, I love our national team. But what are we. <laughs> Where does the banter nation? Dude, BJ Callahan, and I don't. BJ Callahan looks like a football coach, not a soccer manager. Yeah, he looks like the defensive coordinator for the Vikings. Oh, this is oh, what, are, what? I don't even know who this is. Yeah, I, 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 to, dude, I had to Google him. <laughs> I would, I, I would take, I would take Bob Bradley back over this. <laughs> yeah, me too. I take Bruce Arena back. Wait, so I, is he the? He's, is he full time, or he's just going to be doing this? Next he's phase. the goal manager of the Gold Cup, and quite possibly, if he does well, they're going to make him the the permanent. Then we need to. Then we need to get knocked out of the. Uh, we need to go in the Gold Cup. We need to not win a single game. Yeah, <laughs> he lose every game. Oh, this is awful. This this might be. Oh, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm speechless. If you're not I, the, this is my question. If you're not the captain, because Tyler Adams is going to show up. No, regardless. If you're not the captain, are you even are you going to like? If I'm like Weston McKinney, Musa, he's not had a great season. But if I'm one of those key components of that team, Reina, if they call me, I'm going to decline it. I'm not like I think they should they they should consider doing that because they make a statement. yeah, because otherwise, you know, you're you're basically signing up for a failure. And I know for a fact none of those players will respect him. Because he hasn't coached anywhere, most of those players are in Europe, and and he's not play. He's not coached one match in in European football. He's not coached one match in the MLS. Apparently, um, yeah, I, I think not to say everybody should do it, but like somebody should. Somebody should should just decline. Um, you could throw me out there. I'm just the host of a podcast. A host of a podcast. I yeah. could probably put them in a better formation and give them a better chance than BJ Callahan. You, you could do it on FIFA simulations and could probably put a better team out. Yeah, there. the FIFA simulation could probably win more games than this guy's going to be able to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, that's bad. When I saw that this morning, and I said that to you on social media, yeah, uh, I, I, I almost bought, I, I literally wanted to throw up in my mouth. I mean, I don't understand. Every time the U.S. seems like they're going to do something good, turn it around, you know. They got rid of Greg Berhalter, phenomenal move. They bring in an intern, whatever, and then they fire the intern coach, and they bring in some guy for the Gold Cup, a major tournament to get you warmed up for the Copa America that they're supposedly playing in next year, and the World Cup they were hosting in 2026. They bring oh, in God. a guy. He better not be the coach of the World Cup. I swear. Three years before the World Cup we host, that has never been a head coach in an MLS match, even. 
I take Landon Donovan at this point. I don't even like Landon Donovan. <laughs> I take Michael Bradley as the captain and coach. <laughs> I'll take Frank Lampard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know what? To be fair, at least Lampard has some experience. Yeah. I mean, th- He's this, coached this, games this, yeah, this, this might be the worst hire in the history of football. But before I have a heart attack, Big Sam gets relegated. Uh, you think – I think uh, – his last two times trying to save a team have not worked. So, do you think his career's all but over? He, sh- he should have retired before West Brom. He should have not done it after that. I mean, before that. I mean, the last time he kept someone up, that he, he should have just walked away while he was ahead. Yeah, um, when he was in Netherlands. Yeah. Um, so, the second you kind of Everton. can't do it. Yeah, it was Everton, I think. Uh, the second you can't do that anymore or you feel like you're running out, you just need to, to – um, to leave. I mean, I know he's the greatest English England manager of all time, but still, you know. <laughs> you know what? To be fair to him, though, he did his job. What he did, what he was asked to, every single time. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he, he no one else. He, he has a hundred percent record with England. One win, six no. Yep. Um, I actually kind of, I know, I know what he did was messed up, but I kind of wish we would have seen a little bit more from him with England? Because I'm just curious how it would have went. Um, it probably would have been better, though. He probably – I'll tell you what would have happened. He might actually be Croatia. And I'm not taking the piss about that either. I truly believe that he – Because Southgate's so bad. You know what? I'd take Southgate over B.J. Callahan. Well, no, Southgate, Southgate is bad is bad for England. But he's not, he's not a terrible manager. He's just bad at man management and tactical, like making the right decisions in the right moments. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he's a decent manager, but but he's not the guy for England. That's kind of the point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I take. Yeah, I take almost anybody. Um, over over him at this point, I just don't. Yeah, it doesn't send the right message. Yeah. Like you think about all these European players that are waiting for for the announcement, and they see the guy that they've never probably never heard of. Like, I guarantee somebody on the national team googled who he is. I, I guarantee. Yeah, apparently, he was the assistant for the national team the past five years. I don't know what he assisted. I don't even remember seeing the guy on the sideline. Deal. Yeah, I've never seen this guy before. Or the dugout. Was he like upstairs, being like, "I don't." I, I'm not even trying to be mean to the guy. I yeah. don't know who you are. Yeah. I just. It's just. It's just uh, crazy. But you know. Um, hey. Schalke broke my heart. By the way. Yeah, it was it was rough because there was a moment where they they obviously they went two down at Leipzig, and then they brought it back, and it 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 bugged it sucked because even when they were that's why I knew it was over because when they when they they had that point because because before it's like okay if they get a point they can still maybe survive or maybe get into the playoff, um, but then uh, Bolcom went nuts on Leverkusen. Stuttgart had won the week before, so they needed they needed Bolcom and Stuttgart to both lose or both drop points for them to to bump up. And at that time, um, Bolcom was already two 0 up on Leverkusen, and and Stuttgart was had uh, it was a goalless uh, in their game against Hoffenheim. So when it was two two, when they weren't out of the relegation zone, I knew it was over. But it's they'll get back. Um, but I don't like that they're becoming a, like a yo yo club. For for Germany, um, no, they're too big. 
they're too big for the for, to be doing that. Um, I mean, the only bright side I can maybe think of is we'll see Sao Paulo against uh, St. Pauli against uh, Schalke in the second division next season. Um, there's still some nice teams down there, Nor- Nuremberg, who's been in the the league before, stuff like that. But I, it's 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 upsetting because um, had they played the way they had they played the way they did the last two three months at the beginning of the season, they would not have been in this situation, and they would probably be safe. Um, but you know, it, again, it's one of those things you can't rely on. Uh, Schalke should not have had to rely on them, them to other people to help them out. Um, but again, Stuttgart beating um, Leverkusen the week before screwed them up, I think. Because if they had lost that game, they technically would still have been ahead. But uh, they were unable to do so. And Schalke has gone, which, you know, it's heartbreaking because there's a big club. Then Hearth has gone. And Hearth, I mean, they – they made sure you, um, Wolfsburg doesn't play in Europe on the way out, but they might not be a huge club. But again, Berlin the, collectively, the city of Berlin bleeds for that team. The, there are yeah, Union Berlin have their great fans, but if you took the the mass of fans in that city, the majority of them bleed for the for the blue side, not the red side. Um, sure. On the other hand, that's one of the oldest stadiums in in the world. Football, I mean, it's been renovated a few times, but but it was part of the Olympics uh, when, you know, Hitler was in power in yeah. Germany. So, I mean, it's a huge stadium. It's historic. They're going down, too. Um, and then Stuttgart might go down. And, again, I don't like a former champion going down. Well, but, I, I got to say this, man, really quick. Go ahead. Speaking of Stuttgart, you know me, I'm a devout Catholic. I have a picture of the Virgin Mary in my room. I'll be praying the rosary every single day that Hamburg finally come up because I know that, that Stuttgart's a former champion, but it is not the mood to sling up without the, without the dinosaur back in there. We need them back. We yeah, need we them do. back, and the majesty of the pink kids need to come back because they – I'm going to go ahead and throw it out right now. I'm going to piss everybody off that listens in England. They, outside of Man United, Arsenal, and Liverpool, Hamburg is bigger than every single club on that continent of it. On that in that country, yeah, agreed. Um, and yeah, I obviously want them back. Um, I think they have a good chance. I think it's not going to be easy though. I just Schalke cannot go to two straight relegation playoffs, and um, and not, uh, again, man, they were so close to not being in the playoff too. So they they won their game. They stormed the pitch, and then Hedeheim. So this way, do you know about this? So so they they won their game. The the their last I game. Saw- so they stormed, stormed. and then they thought they were automatically promoted. And then Hedeheim scored two goals in stoppage time, so they had to go on the playoff instead. It's just brutal. So if, if they do that, from missing last year to to doing this this year, and then now having to lose another relegation, I think it'll just be it'll just be ugh, I, that can't happen. You know, there are there are some good players on Stuttgart. Someone else to just sign them. I would rather that than them not making. Uh, making Hamburg wait another another year. Eventually, they, they got to get it right. And, and um, yeah, I have faith that they can do it, but I, I just wish they didn't put themselves in this position. All right, before we get into Union, because I want to say Union for last because I think it's a great story, don't you? Yep. Before we get into Union, um, me and you, I think we shared a text about this. If you're going to be in Russia for FIFA, with the bill Uganda passed, on Monday, 
that essentially said that if you commit any act of homosexuality because you have AIDS, the disease that people can't help they have, then you'll be sentenced to death. FIFA needs to step in and ban them, wouldn't you say? Russia Russia said that? No, Uganda did. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we can't have this. And what I was making the point is Russia committed a crime on humanity by invading Ukraine. If you're going right. to kill people because they love somebody and they live a lifestyle different than you, I don't think you should be playing football in international competitions. Yeah, I completely agree. From from just a human aspect of that, I think is important. Now, I think that um, that these sort of things shouldn't matter when it comes to football. Um, I think these things should just be be accepted one way or another. I don't I don't love mixing football with with political issues, but I do think that. That if you have these, like my thing is this: if you have those sort of rules, you can't, you can't FIFA should ban you, um, but just kind of just leave it, leave it there. Um, but yeah, yeah. That, yeah, you can't, you can't be be, be having uh, rules or uh, laws like this and, and be invited to to participate in in the different tournaments and the different World Cups and not that they were qualified for anyway, but I don't think they should have, should have an opportunity to qualify. Um, yeah, I agree, and I won't. And the uh, the other thing is with uh, the Russia thing. I think I don't know if they're going to be allowed for, to to participate in following competitions either because of what's happening there. So I'm just curious on what what that. Decision. No, they're not even in the air. They're still not in the Euro because they were banned from. That's how Scotland got in, if you remember. Yes, Russia what um the Euros. It, it, you know, and I agree with you. Most of the time, I I don't like to mix politics with football. But when you're yeah. going around and killing innocent people for doing nothing, for loving each other, or because you think there's a land dispute, yeah, that that's where that's where I agree. Now, this might be slightly controversial, but again, I don't mean this in a negative way because I am I'm fully supportive of gay marriage and and um, people being allowed to do that. I just don't think, from a, a football standpoint, that the Jersey stuff should be happening. But that's just me. Because I just, you know, I just want to keep football and politics separate. I don't think they belong together unless there's certain situations. So that's my general view on that thing being in relation to football. But if you are a country that is banning, um, or not banning, but saying people need to be put to death because they're homosexual, I think that's where I draw the line. You know, that's something that, that goes beyond football, but also they should not be given an opportunity to, to um to be able to, to have an opportunity to, to play football and to be uh, at these tournaments and to have an opportunity to, to do that with your country, um, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and it makes sense. You know what? The thing I love about us that we can agree to disagree. I disagree. I think – Yeah. I don't think that there needs to be – I don't think there needs to be stuff like that in a jersey for every match, but I think like once a year, like a club having a pride night is important yeah. because it shows – to countries like that, we're not going to put up with that. And you cannot qualify for World Cup, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, I just want to add one thing. If, if a, um, but if someone, did, did, uh, because of, uh, if someone, if the captain of said team doesn't want to wear the, the um, rainbow armband, I'm okay with that because that doesn't necessarily mean they're, they're against it. It could mean they're, they have a different religious belief, or it could be they don't want to be a part of mixing politics with, football but again i just want to make it really clear that i am supporting him gay marriage i just you and me just differ a little bit when it comes to um that but i but i, I respect what you're saying if that makes sense i hope that made sense <laughs> yeah it does make sense and that's 
a beautiful thing. Football brings people of all religions, cultures, races together. But when you start killing people over the fact that they yeah. love somebody different than you, then I don't think you should be allowed to be qualified for tournaments until you fix that. That That's my ultimate point. Completely, completely agree. Yeah. All right. So uh, Uganda, they're my donkey of the week. Um, <laughs> enough said. But Union Berlin, you're going to see European Knights in Germany in a 22,000-seater. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I hope they're dreaming because yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Because I, I went back and I looked at where I predicted them to finish. And it wasn't as bad as I thought. Because <laughs> I think yeah. I had them in like, I think I had them sixth, either sixth or eighth. I don't remember where. So I, I wasn't like so far off. Um, obviously, this is a a unique situation, um, and it's 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 a beautiful thing. On one, on the other hand, I just want to say this before I, I go into deeper. I do feel for Freiburg because I think that that Freiburg's story making the Champions League would not have been worse any any more less uh, magical, I guess, than Union Berlin. And I feel for them because. They did what they should. They deserved a chance to, to qualify, and they just it just didn't happen for them in the end. So I, I do feel for them, and I I just want to make that clear. But on the other hand, Union Berlin making this competition, they were in the second division a couple of years ago. Uh, they got promoted not long ago. They and they've done well for themselves. They made the right choice acquisitions over the last couple of years to put them in that position, um, and uh, they made the Conference League. Then they made the Europa League, and now they're going to make the Champions League. And, I, again, I, I do think they're going to struggle. But for the portion of Berlin that is not crying over over relegation, I'm so happy for those people and the, the passion that they show at those games. And, and it's, going to be, it's going to be something special. Again, I do think it's going to be – they're going to have a rough time, not only in the Bundesliga, but in, in the Champions League next season. But just get, getting an opportunity for those people, for those, those players who have been there for a long time, to, to have their club in the Champions League is is just a an absolute uh, a beautiful thing to see. Um, I hope they're able to get some um, acquisitions in to help them with what will be a, a, a more complicated season next uh, this next next campaign. But they deserved it, and and what they did is actually more impressive than people are actually considering because. If you're looking at just the the, um, the 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 quality that they have in their team versus other teams, it's like there are so there are many teams that have have better players than them. But the fact they were able to do this and got them here is amazing, and I think that's a, a lot of it's down to the coach and what he's been able to do, and the way they've been able to get their points, the way they kind of went around the champ. They were in the title race, and then they were in the Champions League. Then they were in the Europa League. Then they weren't in Europe at all. Then they get shot back up. <laughs> they're in the Europa League. Then they're in the Champions League. Then they slipped, and then they're back. Up. Like it was, it was very rocky road, up and down. But eventually they made it, and um, you know I could not be happier for them, um, and uh, and what they've accomplished this season. Um, going to be even more difficult next season, um, but I think they'll they'll take it on the chin and and do the best they can to to continue to to uh, to grow. And to improve on on what they did this season, obviously, the expectations will be higher. It'll be more difficult to to manage it. But I mean, they're they're going to be in the Champions League. So at the end of the day, they're going to get to experience something that a club like Union Berlin, you know, who, who's been into in, who's been into Europe 
just a couple of times and had not been in the league, the Bundesliga for a long time. And them coming in here and, and doing what they've done over the last couple of years is uh, nothing short of spectacular. Um, but they should prepare for themselves for for next season. And uh, they need to be bringing in the right uh, pieces for them to continue to try to uh, to compete at a high level and uh, do decently well in the Champions League as well. So I think um, uh, the director and the coach uh, should be working on that. Um, uh, as beautiful as this moment is, they got to also be, be already kind of thinking about how they're going to build their team for next season in the Champions League. But that first Champions League game at home, uh, it's going to be electric. And whoever they're up against, as long as it's not Roma, um, I hope they win and, and have a beautiful moment there. All right, one more, one last thing. Yeah. You're living in a little town of Leicester. The, little the town of Leicester, it's 2013, you just get promoted. What if I told you you're going to stay up for 10 whole years, you're going to win two major trophies, including the league, you're going to qualify for Europe three times, and that's all going to be a 10-year span, but you're going to get relegated at the end. I think everybody in Leicester would have taken that a million times over. Yeah, I take that. Your I mean – they got a they got a league. By the way, the the most improbable champion yep. in sports history. I don't care. Got, go ahead. Yeah, the the go ahead because you're right. The most improbable. The most improbable. I don't care what an NFL fan says, an NBA fan, a hockey fan. You can go through all the sports. Nobody in any of those sports did something as remarkable as this. I mean, if you want to look at it just from the betting standpoint, 5,001 odds to win the title. That is the most improbable title, I think, in the history of sports. And they did this with a bunch of wash-ups and guys who – I mean, they had Mars and Conte and, and Vardy. Conte and, and, and uh, Mars went on to win Premier Leagues and, and be great players. But, but the rest of their team, if you look at the names that they had, I mean, <laughs> age, uh, Hoof – uh, um, with uh, Danny Simpson, um, Danny Drinkwater, Drinkwater, um, uh, Fuchs, Fuchs, or whatever his name is. Um, yep. I mean, you look at the names of that team. None of those players are, I guess, none of those players are playing in a, in a top league, or or maybe if they are, they're not someone who's a star for their team. This was a team built on that, and then Claudio Ranieri, who who's coached everyone who's made finals but not really won trophies, um, had an opportunity here and, and you know, amazingly, uh, you know, did that. And then, remember, the year before, they almost got relegated and they, they pulled off what now is probably the, the third or fourth greatest escape in, in the history of not the Premier League but in, in European football. And they go from that and they get rid of the guy who, who had him there um, and then they bring in the uh, Ranieri, who, whose stock was not high at the moment. Uh, he was horrible with Greece. Um, and in his, his pr previous couple of jobs had not been very, very impressive. And he comes in and, and, you know, the whole English football fell in love with him. And, and one thing after the next and just became this, this guy for, for them. Uh, and then he, he gets them promoted. The next year he's sacked. Brendan Rodgers comes in, does fairly well for them for a little while. Make a Champions League quarterfinal. Um, they won um, the FA Cup. Who, did they beat? Did, did they beat Atletico Madrid? Or no, Sevilla. They beat Sevilla in the Champions League, didn't they? Yeah. So, they made, 
I mean, well, they made three a Champions League, two Europa Leagues, and won an FA Cup in a league. I think they did pretty good. Yeah, they, I remember because they beat they beat Sevilla, and then they lost to Atletico Madrid. But um, Griezmann, uh, Griezmann's to blame for that one. Um, but, uh, you know, I think what they've done, they won the FA Cup against Chelsea, um, against Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea, who won the Champions League the same year, I think. Um, they were in the title race. Well, not title race, but they were in the Champions League picture other years, but, but uh, could never really get over the line after that. But they, they played in Europe and, and uh, Europa League and, and different things like that. Um, and so on and, and so forth. And, um, and this is my hope. I hope Jamie yeah. Vardy goes down there, destroys every single league down there, brings him up, winning the championship, then retires and goes full circle. Yeah, I, I, that's, like, that's exactly what I think he should do. He should play one more season, get them promoted, and then when they're back in the Premier League, I think he should, he should end his career getting them back into the Premier League. I don't, think he should end, I don't think he should get them promoted and then play another year. I think he should just get them back up and, and call it a day. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's all I have for this week. Um, good luck tomorrow. Um, I'll be thinking about you and hopefully another trophy for Roma. Yeah, well, God willing. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Let's hope we do it. Let's go, Roma. Yep. All right. <clears throat> Hello. Uh, I got one thing to say, my friend. <laughs> Musiala! All right. We're done. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I hope you had some facts about that. Yeah, so I went to digging yesterday be- or the a couple of days ago because obviously, by the way, as a whole, that last day was incredible. Relegation, European spots, the title. Obviously, Dortmund messing it up has to do with the the final day and how how Bayern won this game, uh, but. As we know, Cologne got their penalty, gave Dortmund a little hope, and then obviously we have Moussa had that incredible moment. Um, but when after the fact, I was curious how many players in the history of the Bundesliga have ever scored a goal that has won them the league. So at, after finding out what I found out, he's one of three three players in the history of the Bundesliga from its inception to ever do this. The only other two is Buckwald um, for Stuttgart, in 1992, against Leverkusen, this was when Leverkusen was always making finals, getting second place, and kept losing over and over again with our, our friend uh, Michael Ballack over there. And the other one was uh, Patrick Anderson in 2000 for Bayern Munich against Hamburg. This was when Schalke was going to win the league. They, were, they went from two down to 2-2 to, to then they won their last game of the season. They won their game, and then uh, Bayern got a free kick at the, at the last possible moment of the season, they, and uh, – Anderson scores his only um, goal he's ever scored for Bayern Munich to win them the title. Um, but with that being said, it just highlights how special that moment is for Jamal and the fact that we're always going to have these conversations about players in his age group, the ones he's often compared to. Um, obviously, I, I have very strong opinions on sort of uh, that conversation. I only, I only entertain that conversation with one other. Um, but I think this goal and the significance of it sways a lot in that sort of discussion because no one, no one, no one else in that age group will have will, has ever scored a goal as important as that one, or probably will ever score in a goal that 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 is as important as that one. So I think Jamal Musiala basically sits at a table now 
with almost by himself because of that moment. And again, it's down the wire, 89th minute. Dortmund are going to win the league unless something happens. Cologne were playing really well. And then he finds a moment, curl it from outside the box into the mm-hmm. corner and game set match. Yeah. Um, after that, I, what are the, what's Byron doing though? Like what's, uh, tell me the plan. Cause how could you fire your sporting director after you win the league? I, what's going on? Actually, I think that was the right thing to do. I think Khan is gone. I think they did him dirty by not letting him go to the game. I think that was really messed up. Um, and then uh, the other guy, I can't pronounce his name, is also gone. Um, I think they made that decision because they realized, even though they won the league, they almost didn't. They got out of their hands. They made the wrong decision um, in January or February when they got rid of Nagel's men. And I think making that decision is sort of not forgiving what happened, but rectifying the fact that they made a mistake. And we can't – basically, this, the message I get from it is we can't be in that situation and make that move because it almost lost its league. If it wasn't for that young man in, in Bayern and Dortmund being Dortmund, they would have lost this league. And, again, I, I don't, Dortmund's going through enough, but if Leipzig was in that exact situation, they would have not lost the league, in my opinion. So yeah. you have to look at what happened, the circumstances that happened, and Bayern have to look at this and like, okay, we got real lucky here. That we could have we could have lost our crown, and we almost did. And again, if it wasn't for for him, if it wasn't for Jamal scoring that goal in that moment, they would have they would not have won the title. And I think they would have made this decision anyway because it's proven that when Tuchel came in, Bayern did not look like Bayern Munich. All the positive things about Nagelsmann's Bayern was starting to go away. And, um, again, they weren't the worst they possibly could have been, but they weren't good enough to win the league. And if, if, yes. they, had, if they had this version of Bayern from the start of the season to the finish of the season, they would probably have not even finished second. So you got to make some sort of stance against the, the decision you made. And, again, everything goes back to that because uh, I, I know that Gio Reyna said of a couple goals at the end in the Dortmund game to, to make it level on points, level on points. So very similar to that Aguero moment. Uh, where both teams were on the same amount of points, and you have your star player uh, making, uh, basically defining the season with with a goal. But um, well, in, in Sergio's case, it was two goals. But but I believe no, Jacko had the first. Never mind. But in, in yep. a single moment, a goal t- settles the title again. Like as I said, hasn't happened very often. But why did they win the league? They won the league because of goal difference. Why did they have the goal difference advantage the way they did? Because it was Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann in the same um, so in the same uh, uh, pocket of, of, of games so uh, Tuchel had the, the eight Bundesliga games, he had the couple of Champions League games he had the one cup game so under the same blanket of time Nagelsmann scored 30, uh, like 34, 35 goals I don't remember the exact number but in the 30s um, and then uh, obviously uh, Tuchel's Bayern scored uh, 10 less, I, I think they had 20 goals over this stretch so, yeah, maybe 11, something like that. Ten, uh, tw- sorry, 20, 20, 20 or 21 goals. So, sorry, Nagelsmann's Bayern scored an, uh, 10 more goals, or around 10 more goals under the same amount of time that Tuchel did. Again, it's, it's not just because of that month before, but you, when you look at um, overall, they were in that position to win on goal difference. It was because of what the, the work Nagelsmann did. So my yeah. argument has been, okay, Tuchel may have been the standing coach for that moment, 
But I, I again, I, they won't do it. But I think, given the reason they won the league was Nagelsmann, he should get it. He should get him. Uh, he I, he should be given a medal for for winning the title because it's his work that got them in that situation to do everything that happened. And again, it is what it is. But I think they made those decisions because they knew they screwed up when they made the decision to get rid of Nagelsmann. Whether it's getting rid of Nagelsmann or not making the right uh, um, choice with manager. I don't know what it is, but it is clear that an error was definitely made over that sort of when all that stuff was happening. And if you look at how the season went on from that point, it's clear that not that Tuchel was trying to sabotage Bayern, but Tuchel's uh, system, whatever you want to say, was not working. And not only from a team perspective, but an individual perspective. Uh, Chipo Monteng had 17 goals. He was off to his best season of his uh, career. When two, after Tuchel came in, he, he didn't score or assist on any goals the rest of the season. Jamal got it together the last couple games. But again, and I know Jamal's the hero and has that moment. But Jamal was, was sort of leading that march, in my opinion, uh, for player of the season and all that stuff. He, he, he dropped off when Tuchel came in because Tuchel wasn't utilizing him correctly. So a lot of this goes down to the individuals that stepped up in those moments for Bayern the last couple of games of the season. But overall, if, if certain things don't go in their direction, Bayern Munich don't finish top of the league and they don't win the title. And the reason they won the title is because of the stuff, the work that was put in beforehand. So I understand why they made the decision. I thought uh, a lot of Bayern fans are, are, are asking for that decision. I don't know what the plan is going forward. So that's the part I'm not totally clear about. But I don't, I don't fault them necessarily for making the decision to do that. They could have waited a day, maybe, and then do that. But they, they did it immediately after the final whistle. And I don't, I don't agree with, um, with them not allowing Oliver Kahn to attend the game in Cologne. Um, I think that was, that was not a classy move. Uh, but as far as getting rid of the two, I think they've been the problem um, this season. And they've been the problem the last couple of seasons. And, um, and uh, so I, I don't fault them for that. But, I, again, it was not done very professionally. Um, but, yeah, they did what they felt they needed to do uh, to set up the future. And what that future is, I'm not sure. But, but yeah, so they, they made their statement clear with what they were doing. Yeah, very, very true. Um, man, I don't want to make you mad with this. And I, but I, I, are you ready? Because I have to say this. Yeah, go ahead. I just have to. Uh, yeah. I'm going to officially call Marco Royce the, the uh, European Michael Bradley. Um, look, I know he came on and only subbed for 15 minutes, but – He was horrible. No, yeah, I, I, he might be the worst captain in, in for a major club. I mean, I, they have to – they almost have to strip him of the armband after this performance, correct? I mean, how many chances have we get? And all these Dortmund fans, all they ever say, and you know what, Elliot? I'm not actually going to attack – Drew Bellingham right now. I'm so sick of Dorman fans saying, oh, Marco Royce, he'll be good. You watch. Just watch what he plays. He's going to lead us to the title every year. Oh, Marco Royce, fantastic. What? Am I missing something? No, and I, and I, I want to touch something? on that. I want to touch on that real quickly because the Bellingham part, and then I'll, I'll address the other point because obviously I've been attacked over the last couple hours for different things. Just so every my my issue with Bellingham is not Bellingham itself; it's the fact yeah. that he's thrown into conversation he doesn't belong. In. Like to me, outside of Musial and Verts, no one like the other young talents. He's as far ahead of the rest of them as he is from the other two. 
my issue is do not put him in conversations that he doesn't belong in, not because I don't like Jude Bellingham, but because it's not fair to him. Now, again, some people believe that Jude is, is the best youngster in the world. I, I hold the belief that he's not in the conversation with Verts and Musiala. And I think actually putting him there is, is unfair to him because, it, again, the Wirtz and, and Musiala have been playing first-team football in Germany for longer. They should be better, and they are better. The other thing is I just think – I just hold the belief that um, uh, Kone uh, from Gladbach has had a better season than Bellingham, and I think uh, Schlotterbeck and Brandt have been more important to Dortmund. But to throw all that aside, he's still one of the best players in the Bundesliga. He's still incredibly – he's just an incredible player. He's a great captain for Dortmund. If he stays beyond this season, he should have the armband. Um, again, so it's, it's all the stuff about Jude is not because I don't like Jude. I think he's fantastic. And by the way, I have a rule um, that if I give you a young player of the year um, in the past, I'm not giving it to you again. So Verts and Musiala off the table. Guess what? My young player of the year is Jude Bellingham. And I, again, you know, so, so I just wanted to make that point as well as just because you brought it up. Jude should be the next captain. It's not that Royce is a bad captain, but when it comes down to those little moments where you need to galvanize your side, his inability to do so shows his deficiencies in that department. Now, you can be a great player, not a great leader. Guess what? I think Brandt, Musiala, depending on, on where you go with that conversation, Brandt is Dortmund's best player this season. He's one of the best players in the league. Um, just in general and this season, he's been absolutely fantastic. I would not give him the armband because Julian Brandt does not have those captain and leadership qualities. He's a very, he's a very like not soft spoken, but very lax personality. He doesn't have the personality of a leader, and I don't. I think Royce also doesn't have a personality of leader. That's it comes down to that. And I'm not even going to say he's a bad captain, but he's a bad captain for the the club that he he represents. Now, yeah, if he was, it's too big of a club. It's too big of a fault for him. And yeah, if you, the, go ahead. Sorry. Can I make this point? And then I'll yeah, let go you ahead. go. When the yeah. spotlight shined brightest, he was on the pitch for 15 minutes to win his first title at Dorman, and he was embarrassingly bad. And it, and I mean, okay. Yeah. And you, you see, like, it is 15 minutes. 15 minutes is not a lot of time. But in the, that game, they created so many chances to, to score after he came on. And he, he you know, you want to go back to – to, to the Schalke game, you want to go back to to the Bochum game. He wasn't good in those games either. Um, no. So as much as you can criti- be critical of Bellingham for not showing up in those games, Royce didn't either. So, and I think Bellingham's had a ten times better season than Royce. Royce has not done that well this season. Um, and again, if he's the captain of Gladbach, if if he's captain of Cologne, if he's the captain of Hoffenheim, fine. That's, that's perfectly fine there. But he can't be the captain of Dortmund because in those moments, you need real, real leaders to galvanize the squad. If he, was a, if he was a great leader, the second half of that game, they would have come out swinging. Uh, they would have, they, again, they, they created a lot of chances, but they didn't come out aggressive the way they should have. It's sort of the mentality of this is, this is not tolerated. We cannot throw this league away again. So Because he's been on the team uh, – Tuchel's by uh, Dortmund that threw away the, the league. Um, it was either the last game or the second last game of the season. I forgot what it was. Um, so he he knows these moments and his experience in those moments. He should be the one.
saying, guess what? Um, this is this is what we need to do to win this league. We can't not we cannot rely on Cologne. Now Cologne almost did them a favor, but but we they should not be relying on that. With Leipzig beating Bayern, it set up the pathway for them. Again, Mainz is a lot better than people think. Um, they just had a, they just were in a bad form, and again, Mainz is not the type of team that's going to walk let you you know walk over them. They're gonna they're gonna still try to beat you. Um, so with with all that, he has to be. He has to be the guy to bring that home, to get the energy up. And because I guess maybe Dorman doesn't have a, another leader outside of Jude, and Jude was on the bench, they didn't have the, the right personality to take them to the title. Again, the other great players, Schlotterbeck and, um, and Brandt, are great players. They're not great leaders, and that's not a bad thing. You don't have to be a, you know, an amazing – you don't have to be a great leader if you're an amazing player. And I think yeah. they like that. And that's on his responsibility. But if he was a, a captain of another team lower in Germany, he that's perfectly fine. But not for that moment in, in these set of circumstances. I feel bad for him, but he also has some responsibility for why they fell short of the mark and the best chance they were going to get to win the league. Yep. You know who else I'm sick of, oh, Dortmund? Go ahead. And this is somebody nobody ever talks about, the center back, Matt Hummels. Yeah, God, yeah. I, I, it's brutal. I, he he does not need to be played. No offense, Matt. You're 35 almost. You, you don't need. To, you're not Luka Modric. You're not aged like fine wine. You need to get out of the. He is an MLS level player now, and he was starting that game. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say it out. He is an MLS or a lower league level player now, and he was starting that game. Yeah, maybe maybe that's a little harsh, but he does does not belong in the top couple leagues. And again, in that game, you do play Schlotterback and Sewell. There's no reason why you would have made that decision again. How did Dortmund's defense look in that game? Horrendous. Yeah. Um, again, Schlotterbeck is quick, fast, agile, and one of the most, again, one of the most intelligent defenders in world football. He played as well as he could have, but the problem was the other, the, his other center back was leaving gaping holes in the box. And, again, we have someone like Jalen um, – uh, uh, I forgot his last name. <laughs> uh, Lee, sorry, Lee. Lee on on um, on Mainz. He thieves off that because you give him space. He makes things happen. His the first ball into the box, the first dangerous moment for Mainz is right into the right space, and um, uh, they score on that goal. And then the momentum shifts. You can't give that kind of space to a guy who's that that gifted in terms of athleticism and agility. And yeah, almost. They wanted him to start because he's been there a long time and, um, you know, he wanted an opportunity to win the league. But you got to go with uh, Schlotterbeck and Sewell in that situation. If they'd gone that from the beginning, I don't think they would have had, have had those type of issues that they ended up having um, throughout that game. Yeah, I, I don't mean to be harsh on, like, Hummels because he is a German legend, but he's 34. He looked – he looked like Mustafi out there. Remember Mustafi at Arsenal? Yeah, slow. Deer in headlights. Yeah. It, it, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's no, I agree. Sorry, continue. It, it's just yeah, sad because yeah. he, wasn't, he was a great player. But the thing is, too, and I know people say he's been there for a while, he did win two leagues in 2011 and 2012, and he went through a fire. So it's not like you're putting a 34-year-old out there to win his first league. Like, yeah, this guy's yeah, won, a, right. won a lot. So why are, why wasn't, I don't get it. 
Why aren't they starting yeah. two younger center backs? Why? You got to do that. I mean, yeah, it, I'm just, you know, I think it would have been a lot worse if they decided to start him instead of Slaughterback. Slaughterback, uh, again, they, they were not good defensively, but he kept them intact when, you know, things were, were really slipping away. And, again, I, I feel bad because all these they, – they worked so hard to get to this point. And the, the individuals that have been the best this season showed up for that game. It's the rest yeah. of the team that did not show up. And that's – I think that's harsh on Brandt. That's harsh on Slaughterback. That's harsh on, on Kubel, who played a great game in, in goal. And, yeah, it's, it's just a difficult situation because I don't think they're going to have a cl- better chance next year than they did this year. Um, no, because, because it, Leipzig's but, winning the league next year. And I put I, him, yeah, I I'm, think they, Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. I, I just think that they – I think they're going to make some moves in the in the summer. I – Look, if, if, if Byron keep Tuchel, I don't think they're winning the league, which obviously they are. But I think it is Leipzig's league to win next year. Yeah, because uh, – and Cuckoo's gone. Um, uh, yep. Limer's gone. But, but they're bringing Seiko from uh, um, Salzburg, um, who's, uh, again, can, can slide in that role with um, – uh, where the, that's left by Nkuku. You have uh, – I, I think Slaberslide is going to take another big leap this season. I thought he was really good this, this campaign. And – I think he's going to up his ante next season. You have that. The defense, um, let's see if they keep the defense. But if they keep the defense there, I think they're fine. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be fine. And then they have, they have a lot of attacking options, too. They have Werner, they, who, who, by the way, got injured this, uh, um, months ago, and he hasn't really uh, featured that often. So you still have him there. You still have Andre Silva. You still have Danny Olmo, who can play that attacking role. So I think they'll, they'll add another piece as, as well. And – They'll get a piece from the midfield, and they could, they could, they could really be on to, off to the races. Um, we'll see. Uh, but I, I know Dortmund's going to do what Dortmund does, and I know uh, Guerrero's not going to be there next season. Who was so important to them this season? Outside of the the big three, he was probably the next most important piece. Bellingham looks like he's leaving um, to go to Real Madrid. His his latest comments suggest that he's not going to be part of the immediate future as well, um, and all that stuff. And uh, so. They're, Dortmund are going to have to replace um, Bellingham, which is not easy to do. Um, and they're going to have to find another a right back uh, to, to come in or left back, whatever, for Guerrero. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Dortmund, uh, Dortmund's uh, next season is, is going – it's, it's looking a little bleak. I still think they'll be all right. But, but uh, yeah, I think Leipzig has a better chance of winning the league next year than Dortmund for sure. Uh, I yep. think this was their, their I'm not saying it's their one only chance, but it was it was a huge opportunity. Um, and because they're gonna have to replace a bunch of pieces in, in the summer. I think Holler will be back next Holler will be back and I think he'll have a, a really good season. I think he gets fifteen goals next season, but um overall they're gonna have to fill some holes where Leipzig is losing pieces, but those holes are already addressed or they have a plan of how they're gonna uh, go about it. Yeah, very good. All right. So I'm gonna save the Champions League race, race, race for the end of the show. Does that sound okay? Yeah, fine. So I have some other questions for you. So my first question is, and this is very serious: How in the world are Manchester City gonna rebound from losing to Ted Lasso and AFC Richmond before the Champions League final? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, how how, how can they lose uh, to, to to you know to that team? Yeah, uh, but in, in, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, though. 
we'll preview the Europa League final next. But the more I thought of it, you know, Milan. Is that fair to say? Yeah, they. I mean, I keep saying this, but AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Saudi Arabia. That's what. That's the version of the team they need. Uh, even and, and I get. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, there's, there's not a, there's a couple other games this season, but that game in particular, if they play like that, they can beat them. But if they play like they played the other thirty-seven, whatever forty games as they played this season, it's not gonna be enough. They need to, they need that version of it, and it's, it's difficult again. If they, if Inter starts strong, then, then we'll see. But it's gonna be tough. I don't think they'll get embarrassed. I think it'll be close. But um, yeah, because like I said before, they can't win a, a shootout. Yeah. The, the only way Inter win this is if they they score early and they shut down uh, the defense. They defend very well the rest of the game, or uh, it's a close game. They score late, so I, I really think that they can't win a game that's going like regardless of who scores and who doesn't. Three two. If it's, it's a, if a, if the result is three two, Man City wins. If the yes. result is four three, Man City wins. So so if it's a high scoring game, Man City has advantage. So Inter's best chance is to try to give. Try to get a goal either early on, like very early in the first 10, 15 minutes, or at the end of the first half. If they get a goal at the end of the first half, I give themselves a chance to defend that because they only have 45 minutes to go. Um, and again, Lataro is going to have to be Superman, Batman, and, and all the Avengers together. And again, Jekyll coming back to play cities I think is, is great. I think Lukaku is in good form. But I think Lataro has to be as perfect as you could possibly imagine. Like, if his individual performance is the one against Fiorentina, that will be enough for him. The problem is the rest of the team. Like, individually, if he's that good, then he will score. But it's going to end up relying on everybody else if he's able to perform to his highest level. Yeah. I, yeah, and I agree with that. And that's my problem. I, 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 I'm going three to one to City. I, I think Lutaro will score. Now, that being said, I still think it's a great year for Italian football in general. Mm-hmm. We just got the wrong team in the Champions League final because if it was the team that won the league, I think we're talking a different story. And I don't mean any disrespect into Milan, but I if if let's let's put it this way: if that team, if if Inter Milan and and Napoli swap squads, then yes. But I mean, <laughs> Napoli has a like in 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 Italian football one of the worst reputations in European football. So because of that, that would go against them. But if if all those Napoli players played for Inter Milan, they could beat um, um, City. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. just because of yeah. the because we saw the way they crumbled against uh, AC Milan. It's and I think that's down to the lack of history that they have in Europe and the lack of experience of of, of success. It's, so, but th- that squad is good enough to beat City at their best, of course. Yeah, but this is my thing. So we're talking about this. With the Champions League going back and forth, yeah, man, we've had some really not good finals. Like, and I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping this is a classic. Inter comes out for a win, but do you think that we need to change the Champions League format a little bit because we are just getting some? Last year was atrocious. Um, one nils. Real Madrid just toyed with Liverpool the whole match. Liverpool Spurs was terrible. Of the three Madrid. Is it time to change up the Champions League? You think because what are you thinking? Well, like, what's what's the alternative? I th- I thought of an idea, but I think it might be really stupid. 
Well, that mine might be really stupid, but I, I think this is the thing. I think that you cannot have league winners together, if that makes sense. So until the semifinals. So like find a way like to reseed every group, unless every team left it was the team that won the league last year. Because yeah. Byron and Man City should not have been playing each other that early. I mean, because then you get a final like this. And I'm not – hopefully all the Inter fans are listening. I'm not trying to mean disrespect. But yeah. City was 30 points better than them this year. 30. I mean, yeah. that, it's not good. I mean, don't be wrong. I mean, I love football. And I love the finals. And you know what? Napoli dug their own grave. We could have this final. But we need a, some way to fix this because these past – we haven't had a classic final, in my opinion, since 2012 when Byron, when Chelsea beat Byron in Munich. Jeez, that's 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 depressing to think about. Yeah, we haven't had like a great, great final. You know, we've had it. We have we've had more Europa League classics than Champions League classics. Since yeah. Then. Now, to be uh, fair, we had the greatest final in football history this year, and in, in the World Cup final. But yeah. When you have something like the Champions League that has even that squads are even more loaded than the World Cup final, you know, because there are some squads that are better than both those France and Argentinian squads, then yeah. we need to be seeing the best matchup in the final. What do you think about like uh, this, for example, let, let's say um, they give a they purposely put the, the highest or the, the top two um, highest ranked uh, teams in the Champions League, whether that means based on points, based on how many points they got in the Champions League, based on goals, whatever the criteria of a game might be, and put them on opposite sides of of, uh, of the bracket immediately. Just so See, we don't – I don't know. It, it, it sounds – I think it might be kind of stupid. That way so we don't run into, you know, something like City, Bayern, City, Real Madrid before the final. So there's even, at it. least – there's at and least then, a heavy hitter on the other side. Yeah, at least one. And then you could, like, split it up. So let's say all the league leaders are left – like in the major yeah. five leagues, you could split them all up and make sure they're each on the side of a bracket. Sally, we're not running in this problem because my other problem with the Champions League too is I don't like having a team like AC Milan that's not even going to finish in the top four of the semifinal. Yeah. yeah that's, that's – And the only reason – They earned it, but it's brutal. Yeah, they only got there because they got a they got a – I'm going to say easy, but a less a, – a, and a winnable opponent in the round of 16, you know? And, yeah. again, they only barely won that, that thing. They, I think they scored one goal. Uh, and then they had Napoli. And, and Napoli, the Napoli thing happened because, again, tradition and, and history. And they were, they were going to find a way. But, yeah, I mean, and if you look at the other side of the bracket, I mean, City had to go through Bayern. They had, they had to go through uh, Real Madrid. And they had to go through Leipzig, and I, I know they crushed Leipzig, but but just that pathway is a lot more difficult than Inter. The, the pathway Inter had to go through. They went through Porto and Benfica, and then they went through AC Milan. Yeah, now that's... Porto and Benfica are winnable games. They're, Benfica's good, but they're not good enough to take down a team that has the, the individual that Inter has. And then you have AC Milan, a team again. People get mad when I say this. A team that Inter Milan are tailor made to beat. They, if, yep. they, if they played, if this Inter and that AC Milan played ten times, Inter would win ten times. If over two legs, if this matchup continued to repeat itself, Inter is winning ninety eight percent of the time of that that matchup. So they weren't even challenged at any real point in that whole thing. Again, the Porto one was a, ch- a bit of a challenge, a bit of a struggle. Benfica was 
was was not easy, but but winnable. And then they go through an AC Milan team that they they've already beaten the last two times they played, and then they're in this final. It's not yeah. like they have to go through huge uh, d- difficulties to get to the final the way Man City did. And Man City still – and, again, I, I just think it, the, the harder your road is, the better chance you are to win the final. Um, that's why I don't think – again, this is my opinion. If you're an underdog type of team, then, then you should hope for, for a winnable matchup. If you're a good team, you should not hope for nothing. You should hope for someone that's going to that's gonna challenge you because I think Man City benefited from having to go through Real Madrid and Bayern Munich. If they were on 